Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Buy a Business Near Me, brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, helping business brokers sell more local businesses. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Buy a Business Near Me. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. You guys are in for such a real treat. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with BTI Group, Refi. How are you, man? I'm very good. Very good. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, we are so pleased to have you on the program. I got a ton of questions. We won't get to to all of them. But (laughs) the place I'd like to start, though, mission purpose. How would you articulate what you're really out there trying to do to serve people? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I want to understand the buyers, uh, the, the, the seller's needs, what they're looking for exactly. And each deal is different and unique. You have to understand their characteristics and their dreams and their objectives in the future and how to serve them in the future. And as I mentioned earlier, each deal is different and unique. And if you want to know what they're looking for, some businesses have been around for 10 years and some for 20 years and some for 30 years, and each one has different goals and objectives. So how did you get into business brokerage when everyone else was playing Cowboys and Indians uh, were you playing business broker? I bet the path was different than that. Yeah, it's interesting. So in my previous position, I used to work for uh, outsourced financial services firm. They provide financial services and CFO consulting services, day-to-day transaction and accounting, valuation services, and taxes as well. And I was working closely with early stage venture back companies. And also I was uh, partnering with uh, VCs and angels and lawyers. And in 2020, as you know, the pandemic hit and I got laid off among other uh, employees. And I decided to focus in this space uh, because I love numbers. I love finance and I'm good at numbers. So I decided to focus on financial services industry and BTI uh, group reached out to me and uh, I had a great conversation with my manager because he was so transparent and honest from the beginning. He uh, talked to me about the pros and cons about the industry and about the position. And he mentioned many negatives and cons uh, in in this space a lot. That's why I liked him. He was so transparent. For instance, uh, he told me that the survival rate in this industry is almost 5% because you won't get paid until you sell a business. And here in the Bay Area, the cost of living is insane. So you have to be financially prepared for at least two years, sometimes more. Also, it's not easy to generate leads. You can generate leads, but it's not easy to generate good leads. And the national average sale is between 8 to 12 months, sometimes more. So besides all the cons and the negatives, I saw this from different angles. And I saw potential opportunity in this space because there is a shortage in, uh, on business brokers in the Bay Area. I don't know what's happening elsewhere nationwide, but in the Bay Area, there is a huge shortage on business uh, brokers. Also, I have financial and consulting background, and I saw I can thrive in this space. And more importantly, the impact that I provide to business owners and sellers. For instance, me and my manager, we were working on a deal last year, 
And the lady had been operating the business for almost four decades. And last year, we helped her to sell the business. And she's not from US. She came from Paris. And after selling the business, she used the proceeds of the sale and she went back to her home country, Paris. And she bought a new home and she started a new life, a new chapter. So how cool is that? And these are the reasons why I decided to uh, get into the business brokerage. So you've been at it long enough now. I suspect you've probably built your own personal process, framework, methodology. Is, Is that accurate? And if so, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought this up. So I'm going to answer this question this way. When I first started at BTI Group, I didn't sell a business before and I didn't know the process. So for the first four or five months, I wanted to understand the ins and outs of the business, how uh, the process looked like and what type of questions to ask for the buyers and sellers. And I was shadowing my manager and other business brokers and people who have been in the market for 20 and 30 and 40 plus years to learn from them. And after four or five months, I created my own framework and has been working very well for me. And I want to break down my framework into four stages. So stage number one is I have to have a consistent deal flow. This is very important. And I generate the leads through three sources. The first, I generate leads from the marketing department at the firm, and I rely on them heavily. I would say... 50%, I generate my leads from the marketing department. And the other 50%, I generate leads from LinkedIn and through my network. I know a bunch of lawyers and accountants, and I get referrals from them all the time. And once I get the lead, I have to qualify them and answer uh, the right questions and then get the financials. It's no easy task to get the financials from the client. Sometimes it takes more than a year to get the financials. You heard me right. It's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time. And I had four clients. I I reached out to them last February in 2021, last year, and in March. And I just got the financials this year. So it's no easy tech. And you can't imagine you have a business and someone asks you for the financials. It's it's not easy. You will never send him the financials right away, right? And once I get the financials, I get um, I get to the stage number two, which is value the business and agree on the purchase price. Value the business, it's a mix of art and science and it's teachable. But to agree on the purchase price, it's not easy. I became comfortable on um, agreeing on the purchase price with the seller after having 10 or 15 conversations, I guess, because most of the times they have valuation in their mind. For instance, there is a client, he thought that his business valued at $10 million. And after doing the valuation, the business is valued around $1.52 million maximum. Mm. So we are far away from $10 million. And I have to justify this number and I have to back up my numbers. <clears throat> so if we are far away that much, then respectfully, I have to walk away from D after educating him. But if it's... If he thinks that it's $10 million and my valuation is 7 or 8 then it's fine. We can go from there. And this stage is very important, and I had to focus on this one a lot because if you can't convince the seller to agree on the purchase price, you will never have a listings. <laughs> and once you agree on the purchase price, uh, I get to the third stage, 
And this stage is very critical. I start preparing the marketing materials such as the teaser. It's one page or two, uh, two pages, just the general information of the business to attract and grab investors and just vague information. And if investors uh, uh, are interested, then we send them the NDA to send them the, the book. We call it CBR, stands for a Confidential Business Review, and then list all the potential buyers. For this stage, stage number three, I like to check the box for four points. First point is I want to make sure that the seller is ethical and is truthful because truthfulness is a contagious. If the seller lied to me from the beginning, then guess what? He would be lying down the road, especially mm-hmm. when we get to the due diligence process. So I want to make sure that how ethical is the, uh, the owner and he's truthful or not. The second checkbox that I want to know is most businesses, they need to do some adjustments to enhance the business. Some of them are minor and some of them are uh, major adjustments. If it's minor, it's fine. But if it's major, I have to have a hard conversation with the client and be honest with them. If you are going to sell the business at this situation, then you will never sell it at the premium. However, if you can do these adjustments, which is going to take one or two or maybe more, uh, three years, you will sell the business at premium. And I have to be honest with them upfront from the beginning to set the right expectations. And the third checkbox is I want to see how motivation is the seller. Because, because if he's not motivated, then how on earth he's going to work with me and with the buyer when we get to the due diligence process. So it's very important to see how cooperative with me and how motivated he is. And the last piece is I want to make sure that I have all the documents at hand and be ready to expedite the process when we get to the DD process. And I want to extend to this point. One of the things that I learned the hard way, I had a client and we prepared everything. We prepared all the paperwork and the documents and we were ready to go out. And when, when I brought the buyer, he was a sophisticated investor. He started to ask the owner a lot of questions. And guess what? The owner couldn't answer all these questions. And if I were the, the investor, I, I would walk away. And he walked away. And what I learned here is in the future, I have to make sure that the seller and the owner is equipped and prepared for these type of conversations because it's under my responsibility. They haven't sold the business before. And it's an emotional event. And they don't know what to say and what not to say. So I learned the lesson and uh, I wrote it down that in the future, when I encounter this, I have to make sure that the seller is equipped for these type of conversations. And finally, the stage number four is the business goes live and start reaching out to buyers. And when we agree with a potential buyer, we will start working on the DD process. And this makes or breaks the deal. But if you are prepared for this stage and the, uh, the seller is prepared as well, you will go through it and you will sell the business and the seller will enjoy uh, the benefits and we get the rewards. This framework works very well for me. This is the foundation. I have to master each stage. And I'm evolving this uh, framework uh, down the road because if I'm not evolving this framework, I will never grow and I will never get to the next level. Sounds to me like you have a very thorough process and one that 
provides the the right kind of education and preparation for for buyer and, and seller alike. It sounds to me like you've invested a lot of energy in, in this process, this framework <laughs> of yours. Yeah, I read a lot of articles and saw many videos. I shadowed uh, many, many, many people. Uh, I talked to a lot of people. And this is how I uh, become a professional because I love the industry. I love the impact that I provide to business owners. And this is how you grow and this is how you, you get it done. Each thing, you have to have the framework. But to have a framework that is workable, you have to test it many times and reflect and start again until you get it done. And this one has been working for me for a while. So, yeah, it's working. <laughs> now, have you found that some types of businesses are, I don't want, I hate to use the word easy, but are a little more marketable or the process comes together faster? I, I will go ahead and say it. Are, they, are some businesses easier to sell than others? Yeah, of course. So my to the question, my manager told me each business is different and each business is unique. And you have to put your ego aside. If you sold five or 10 or 20 or 30 businesses, don't think that you can sell any businesses in the future. Because again, each deal is different. Some businesses, to answer your question, some businesses are easy, of course, and some of them are not. But from my humble experience, uh, you need to do some work and adjustments. Remember when I told you, I want to check the box to see that the business needs some adjustments. It could be minor or major. Mm-hmm. Most of the business owners, unfortunately, they are not prepared to get to this stage. Most of them, they break even. They have a good lifestyle. They send their children to very good schools. They have cars. They bought properties. And their businesses are not sellable. And they don't have a management team. Uh, they are uh, very good operators. They don't know uh, how to manage and uh, create a management team. They don't have sales team. They do everything. And when you have this type of businesses, you can't sell it at a premium. You will never sell it at a premium. And they are not prepared to have a free cash flow. They are not prepared to have a great margins. And they always think about the revenue as whole as, as the whole revenue streams combined. And when I ask them to break down the revenue streams, I would say 95% of them, they don't have the numbers. Hmm. They don't break even each revenue stream. And it takes a lot of work because I have to know each revenue stream. I have to know the, the margins, the gross profit and everything to see what works and what, and what doesn't work because I have to disclose it when I talk to investors and buyers because we, we talk financials a lot and I want to know what works and what doesn't. And also no one is perfect and each business has its own weaknesses and negatives. And I have to suss it out when I talk to investors because investors wants to know everything about the business. And if you are honest and transparent upfront, it will expedite the process. Well, what I like in, in what, what I'm hearing, or I, I think I'm hearing, is if, if I'm preparing to sell my business, I come to you, we sort of work our way through this framework, and we get to that part where we've got a valuation or we're beginning to, to work on valuation, and then you identify some adjustments that could really move the needle on that valuation. It's, it's not game over. If, if I've got some of these challenges in my business right now as we sit here today, and if I'll have an open mind and listen to some of your counsel, I can go back and clean up some things, do some things differently, 
and then come back. I don't know what the time frame is, 18 months, two years, whatever it is. Then we've got something that's very sellable. We don't have to give up just because you know, we, we hit that point the first time, right? Exactly. And I want to give you an example and a story that happened to me last year. There was a client came to me and he told me I want to sell the business. He has been operating the business for almost uh, three decades, 28 years. And he has a good lifestyle. And as I mentioned earlier, he, he sent his children to good schools, uh, UC Davis and UC Santa Barbara. And he has four or five cars and he has a very good lifestyle. And when I started to uh, value his business and see his financials, I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, First of all, his financials were not clean. Um, His margins were very bad. And I I had a hard conversation with him. I told him, listen, to sell the business, you have to clean your financials and you have to do major adjustments, not minor adjustments. And if you're going to do these major adjustments, it's going to take for you two to three years. So I want to know, are you in a hurry? You want to sell the business? Do you have something that is in emergency? You, uh, you need liquidity? You want to sell the business right now? Or it's fine to wait two or three years to make the business sellable and attractable to investors? And the answer was great. He told me, no, I can stay two or three years. It's not good for me, of course, because I want to sell the business. Right. I get paid when I sell the business. But you have to be honest upfront because... It's my reputation, it's the company's reputation, and we, uh, we work for their interest. Remember when I told you one of the most important things that I like about this job is to have an impact. And I remember when, I, when me and my manager sold the company uh, that I told you about earlier, she was super happy. And I'm in touch with her from time to time, to use her as a reference. And she has a great life. And we were the reason to have this uh, life. And she bought a house and she started her new chapter. So, yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about deal structure because it doesn't necessarily have to be where you're, you're just writing a check and you're done. There's, there's some creative ways that you can structure the, the buying of a business, right? Exactly. So... I'm going to answer this question this way. Uh, I work for BTI Group. It's a subdivision of business team. And business team, uh, they, they like to work as a team when we structure and when we get to the DD process. We have to work as a team because each uh, deal is different and each deal is unique. And uh, the president wants to make sure that we, want to, we, will, we will avoid all the pitfalls down the road. That's why we have to work as a team and that's why the name of the company is business team each deal is different and you have to um, structure it differently and first of all you have to understand the client's needs it's going to be purchase sale or stock sale and what works for him and based on the tax consequences because most of the buyers they like to have they have to, they love to uh, uh, to do asset sale and because of liabilities and some of the business owners, they don't understand what does asset sale mean and what does uh, uh, stock sale mean. And we, I have to educate them. But in general rule, and this is how it works for most of the deals, most of the times the, the buyer uh, pays, I'm talking about financial buyers. Most of the financial buyer, buyers, they pay between 10 to 20% down payment, preferably more than 10%, the more the better. And the rest will be financed by the bank. 
and 10% would be financed by the seller. The bank wants to make sure that the seller has skin in the game. They want to make sure that he will have a smooth transaction to the new buyer and smooth transaction to the employees. It's very important. And also I want to make sure that this, the new buyer is, um, he can afford to complete an acquisition. He can afford to pay 10 or 15 or 20% for the down payment or not. And then we go from there. We have to be creative, but it's not, it's not complicated. Again, we work as a team, my manager and other managing directors and VPs and the president, and we see what's the best interest for, for the seller. Okay, before we wrap, let's leave our listeners with, with, a, with a few pro tips, you know, buyers and sellers alike, just some actionable tips, some things they can begin doing, maybe reading, maybe be thinking about. Like, I mean, the number one tip is reach out to refi. But you know, short of that, what are some, some pro tips that we could leave them with? So uh, I have tips for buyers and sellers. Let's start with the buyers, the buyers first. The buyers should understand what does business brokers look for. Business brokers look for two important questions. For, for me, for instance, I want to know that this buyer is capable to run the business or not. He's qualified to run the business or not. He's, he will be qualified by the bank or not. Second, I want to make sure that he can complete the acquisition. He can afford to complete the acquisition. And finally, for the buyer, is they have to have their own characteristics and their own thesis. Last, last week, I had a conversation with a sophisticated buyer. He told me, you know, Refi, I'm looking for businesses that they have between 1 million to 3 million pre-profit and should be in the Bay Area. Concise, to the point, and he knows what he's doing. Other buyers, they don't know what they're doing and they're all over the place. They, they're looking for any business and it doesn't work that way. They have to be concise and understand the characteristics. Regarding the sellers, uh, they have to clean their financials. They have to have all the documents and the paperwork ready and at hand to expedite the process when we get to the DD process. Also, I always tell to the sellers, they have to ask themselves, what is they going to do after selling the business? If Mm -hmm. they can't answer this question, then I tell them, please don't proceed and don't sell the business. This is very important. Also, uh, they have to understand the working capital and the tax consequences for, uh, for the sellers post-acquisition. And this is the contentions that happens between the sellers and the buyers. And the continuing involvement post-sale, they have to be uh, prepared and willing to stay at least six months, maybe more, it depends on the business, because each business varies to stay for at least six months to make sure that they have a smooth transaction. And to increase the value of the, the company, the seller should have a management team to run the business in his own or in her absence and have a sales team. And more importantly, to have a subscription model. This is very important to estimate the demand and predict the free cash flow because if you can't predict the free cash flow, then there is no business, right? Right. If the seller can uh, can have a strong and robust management team and can have a sales team and can have a robust subscription model, the seller can buy the business, sell the business at premium price. Well, I'm glad I asked. What a marvelous set of tips. Okay, so if someone would like to reach out, have a conversation with you or someone on your team, or just learn more about any of these topics, 
uh, let's make sure that they can get connected with you. Whatever you feel like is appropriate, email, phone, website, uh, LinkedIn. I just want to make sure they can connect with you. Sure. Uh, like LinkedIn and through my email. My email is uh, arefai, A-R-E-F-A-I, at business-team.com. Either way, uh, I can be reached out. Well, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show this afternoon, Refi. Thank you for making the time to do it. Thank you so much, Stone. I really enjoyed this conversation, and thank you so much for having me. All right. This is Stone Payton for our guest today, Refi with BTI Group, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Buy a Business Near Me.